I remember one summer when I was in college, during that particular summer, I was working at a state park in northern Idaho, right off of Interstate 90. I remember one sunny afternoon, there's a gentleman who walked into the state park and he was carrying this very large cross on his shoulders. It was so large that he had a wheel at the base of the cross so it could more easily be carried. And um, I was very curious about what he was doing, so I went up to speak to him. And he briefly described the reasons for his journey, his pilgrimage, and how this was a, a lifelong ministry. And among many Protestant circles, he's very famous. He's very well known. He's carried that cross uh, on every continent in our globe, uh, through almost every nation, and logged probably 43, 40,000 miles carrying, carrying a cross around the world. I'd never heard of him before, and I'd never seen anything like this, so I... I was asking him about uh, why he was doing this. And he, as he was telling me his reasons, he stopped in the middle of the conversation and he looked straight at me. And he said this, do you know Jesus Christ? And I immediately replied that I was Catholic, that my parish was just 10 miles down the road. I was an altar server growing up. Um, I was now a, a student at a Catholic university studying biology and religious studies and so forth. And he asked me the question again, do you know Jesus Christ? I've since reflected on that question for many years, almost 30 years since he's asked me and I've, I realize now that at that particular time, although I had a historical knowledge of Jesus Christ, I did not really know the person of Jesus Christ. It's possible for us to know a lot about a person without knowing that person. When I was in elementary school, I, I studied a lot about Neil Armstrong, the first human being to walk on the moon. I knew a lot about him, but I didn't know Neil Armstrong. A lot of you have studied about people like Abraham Lincoln or Thomas Jefferson. And you know about these figures in history, but you do not know them. There's a difference between knowing something about a person and actually knowing the person. And the same is true about Jesus Christ. I knew about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but I was not allowing his life, death, and resurrection to live in me. I knew about his parables, I knew about his teachings, but I did not allow these to penetrate the depths of my heart and influence every part of my life. I knew about his church, but I did not treat it for what it truly is, the mystical body of Christ. And I received the Eucharist every Sunday, but I did not fully appreciate what I was receiving in the Eucharist. The body and blood, the soul and divinity of the Son of God himself. I knew about the healing miracles that Jesus conducted, but I did not understand and appreciate the fact that Jesus, the divine physician, came to heal my soul and my heart through forgiveness of my sins. I knew a lot about Jesus Christ, but I did not know Jesus Christ. I had not yet encountered Jesus in a very personal or intimate, very profound level. 
I was basically a lukewarm Catholic, maybe a little bit warmer than most lukewarm Catholics. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do as a Catholic, maybe a little bit more, but not much more. I went to Mass every Sunday, but I really had no personal prayer life. I could paraphrase the, the teachings of Jesus, but I never read the scriptures. I thought I knew what the church taught, but I cannot adequately describe or defend these doctrines, these teachings of Holy Mother Church when challenged. In the gospel we hear this evening, we hear this. The two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So in order to understand this, we, we put this into context. Uh, the event which happens just before this place in the Gospel of Luke is uh, the two disciples. They're walking on the road to Emmaus. This is only a couple days after the resurrection of our Lord. So everything's still fresh in their minds. And as they're walking along this road to Emmaus, they're talking about what had happened. Jesus appears, and he's walking with them, and he starts to converse with them. And St. Luke tells us that they did not recognize him. And this is an important detail because St. Luke tells us that these are disciples. They're followers of Jesus. It's not just two random people who had heard about what happened in Jerusalem. No, they'd probably heard him preach on several occasions. They probably saw the signs and wonders, the miracles that he conducted. They were disciples. They were followers, yet they did not recognize Jesus until he broke the bread. It was in the Eucharist that his own followers recognized him. It's key to these disciples, and it's key to us as well. The Lord reveals himself to us in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is an essential, indispensable, non-compromisable, eternal truth of our faith. The fact that the bread and the wine on the altar become the body and blood of the Son of God himself. And if we do not believe this, then nothing else in our beloved faith is going to make any sense. Nothing. Nothing. The candles, the incense, the vestments, the chanting, the smells, the bells, nothing else. Nothing else will make sense without the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. It's the beginning and end. It's not just a mere symbol, but it's a very beautiful and profound and mysterious reality of our faith. So often, I will hear people say that they no longer go to Mass or they've even left the church because they don't get anything out of Mass. Maybe you've heard your kids say this before. Maybe you've said it yourself. I don't want to go to Mass because I don't get anything out of Mass. I hear this quite a bit. But I think if, if the person who said this, if they knew who, if they knew what they were receiving at, at Holy Mass, that they're receiving God himself, would they say this? How could they say, I don't really get anything out of Mass? I mean, how can a person receive the body and blood of the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, and say, well, I didn't really get anything out of Mass today. Didn't get anything. How can somebody receive the Alpha and the Omega and say, well, Mass was kind of boring today. Yeah. How can somebody receive the fulfillment of God's pledge of 
salvation and great love for us, the perfect and final covenant of mankind, the Savior and Redeemer of all creation, how can somebody receive this and then say, Father, just can you speed things up a little bit because I've got things to do later today. How? Well, it's actually quite simple. They don't recognize the Lord in the breaking of the bread. They don't recognize him in the Eucharist. Out of arrogance or ignorance, they just don't. And if there's something that's holding us back to fully believing that Jesus Christ is truly substantially present in the Eucharist, we should present that before our Lord in prayer and ask for assistance in overcoming that obstacle, that doubt, no matter what it may be. Because if that obstacle remains and we don't try to do anything about it, I think it's only a matter of time before we leave the church. I mean, if somebody doesn't recognize Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, nothing else is going to make sense in the Catholic faith, then it actually makes sense for that person to leave the church and to look for something else. I mean, you can go to, to other churches, which are much more entertaining. It's going to be like you're at a concert or something or a theater or a play. And the preaching is going to be a lot better than mine. And there's going to be a lot less restrictions, especially during Lent. I promise you that. But they don't have our Lord in the Eucharist. They never have and they never will. It's only in the Roman Catholic Church. That's it. And the Eastern Churches. It's in recognizing and receiving our Lord in the Eucharist that we receive true and lasting peace. Once again, we hear in the gospel tonight, while they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. So Jesus appears to them right after revealing himself in the breaking of the bread, and he says, peace be with you. Now just listen to how many times we hear the word peace between the end of the Our Father and right before we receive Holy Communion at Mass. This is a very short period of Mass, by the way. It's only a few minutes long. Deliver us, Lord, from every evil and grant us peace in our day. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, I leave you my peace. My peace I give to you. Grant us the peace and unity of your kingdom. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Seven times we hear the word peace in a very short period of mass. And it's not a coincidence because we receive that true and lasting peace that the world cannot give to us in the Eucharist. In the Eucharist, we acknowledge a God who will stop at nothing to win your heart back to his own heart. In the Eucharist, we see a God who will nourish and sustain us, a God who keeps his promise to be with us always, a God who humbles himself to become man, to save us from sin, a God who endures temptation and torture and crucifixion and even death to forgive our sins, a God who rises from the dead and 
and shares and, and promises to share that gift of eternal life with us when we follow his commandments, as we hear in the second reading. We find all of this in the Eucharist. Jesus, the Lord, is revealing himself to us in the Eucharist. And this is what will give us true and lasting peace. A peace that the world just cannot give to you. And there's so many people in our world right now searching for peace. So many restless hearts. And they're trying to find that peace in, in people and places and things. And if they find that peace or try to find that peace in anyone or anything other than God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, their heart will remain restless. Because only Jesus Christ can give us that true, lasting peace. And that's revealed to us in the Eucharist. A wise and holy priest once said this to me. Believing that Jesus died on the cross is history. Believing that Jesus died on the cross to forgive my sins is salvation. And so this evening, I leave you with that question which was posed to me almost 30 years ago. Do you know Jesus Christ? I'm not asking if you know about him. I'm asking if you know the person, Jesus Christ. Allow him to reveal himself to you in the breaking of the bread. Praise be Jesus Christ. Amen.